Hello everyone, welcome to the Unlimited Chelsea Podcast. My name is Maxwell and I'll be your host today. We've got plenty to talk about, so let's get going. As to the first bit of business, it is official that John Terry has rejected Spartak Moscow. He posted to Instagram the other day saying that he turned down the contract offer and he's decided that it was not the right move for his family at the time. Now he did have a medical, he did pass that medical, and he had a one-year deal on the table worth about $3 million. There was also a plus one year extension on the end of that if he chose to have it. He has had multiple offers on the table, but this was definitely the closest to completion. Um, But, you know, it's not all sad for him. He apparently has a coaching job lined up at Chelsea and Sarri does want him to come back to the club. And John Terry has also stated that he wants to work on getting his A license. So if all the moons line up, we could see Captain Leader Legend back at the club in no time. So I'm very excited for that. Moving on, the Chelsea FC Women Club. Now, I just want to put this out there that this is a podcast about all teams at Chelsea, and I am a huge fan of the women's team, so I will be definitely including Chelsea FC Women in my podcast as well because they are equally as important as the men's team. So anyways, they had a 5-0 win against the Bosnian champion Sarajevo to kick off their Champions League campaign. Jisoo Young also scored a nice 20-yard shot. She is about two away from 50 goals, um, but definitely the best goal of the game goes to Millie Bright, who scored an absolute 35-yard screamer. It was a great shot for a center back, wonderful goal. Um, as for the team news, there was about seven changes from the Man City game. Fran Kirby did get another full 90 minutes in, further recovering from her injury. However, she did have a saved penalty on her, but you know what? She's recovering. Mistakes are going to happen. It's nice to see her get a full 90 minutes, and I can't wait to see her back into her full form again. And now they did use a 4-3-3 formation, which once again, as we all know, allowed for very fluent passing, um, but tempo definitely went down as the lead grew. Um, Me, personally, I'm loving that both the men and the women's team are using the 4-3-3 system. I really appreciate this system, and I am just so glad to see the death of the five at the back formation. You know, you look at the team at the moment, we're leading the league in touches, we're leading the league in passes, and we're second in shots. This system is just perfect for Chelsea, and I'm loving what it's doing, but we'll we'll get to that later when we talk about the uh, Cardiff game. Next segment is the prospect of the day. And one of my favorite prospects at Chelsea I'm going to be talking about right now is Marcin Bulka. He is a six foot five Polish goalie starlet who's playing for our development side. And he joined in 2016 from his native Poland. So he's played about 27 games so far for the Chelsea development side, um, to which he's had about seven clean sheets. He's had an FA Youth Cup and an under 18 Premier League under his belt. And I'm sure, as you all know, he was featured in Sarri's first preseason, and he has also been added in the Europa League squad over Rob Green. Now, he did play minutes in the preseason, and he did look pretty well. But my question is, is can he start in the Europa League if he decides? Me, personally, I think Caballero is going to get most of those starts, and I feel that Caballero is definitely capable of starting in the Europa League and handling most of that campaign. But it would be nice to see Marcin Welka get some minutes. Um... Only time will tell that one. You know, he's a very tall and agile goalie and he has lots of potential. I think there's definitely a lone move lined up in his future. Um, maybe to the test. We'll see. Um, but the real question is, is really, can a goalie prospect make the Chelsea first team? You know, he's an exciting prospect and he's probably one of the best young goalies we've had at the club in a while. So that's why I'm really wondering is, can a goalie make the jump? 
to the Chelsea squad. And moving on to the player of the day segment, we are going to be talking about Mason Mount. Now, he is definitely one of the most hyped players in the Chelsea loan army after his super successful loan move to Vitesse, and he has already started to prove himself under Frank Lampard's Derby County side. So we all know he had about nine goals in 29 games for Vitesse. He was Vitesse Player of the Year. He was Academy Player of the Year before that. And he even had a Premier League loan move lined up for him, but he decided to turn down Southampton because he was born in Portsmouth. Now that... That is dedication. But anyways, I feel like he is definitely enjoying playing under Frank Lampard, and I'm really excited to see a high-quality Chelsea prospect playing for such a Chelsea legend like Frank Lampard. Now, he did just get his first England under-21 call-up. He did score, and he got an assist. And then it was also well-noted by Gareth Southgate that he appreciates him, and he's definitely going to be in Gareth Southgate's team in the future. Um, And he's even trained with the senior men's team in World Cup training. And I, like I said, I definitely think that he should get a senior call-up in no time. No, he's sometimes been dubbed as the next Frank Lampard. You know, he's a great, strong set-piece taker. He's really good at free kicks. He has strong, short passing, which would work perfect for Sarri Ball. Um, good dribbling. He does need to work on his passing overall, though. He's, like I said, he's good at short passing, but, you know, he only ha- averages around a 69% passing percentage. He is a strong CM, but he can also be deployed as a cam, and he's also played um, left mid for the national team. Um, It has also been stated um, recently by Frank Lampard that this loan move to Derby cannot be recalled by Chelsea, and there was a lot of backlash from fans by this. But you know what? Me personally, I'm going to say good. I am glad that he can't be recalled because, for example, I think recalling Nathan Ake was probably one of the biggest mistakes that Chelsea could have made. And it led to a sale because Conte wanted him back, but then gave him no time when he realized he couldn't work out as a left wing back. And we all knew that Conte was going to be gone anyways. So anyways, I think that was a huge mistake. Should never have been recalled back. And it led to the sale of one of Chelsea's most promising defensive prospects that we've had in years. That one definitely rattled me a bit. So you know what? good so far he's had about four goals in four games with derby so far he's averaging about a 690 rating and honestly uh as for what's next with him and will he make chelsea i definitely think he'll make chelsea um his contract expires in around 2021 and like you look at this kid's stats like 93 games 24 goals 20 assists he already has europa league experience with vitesse So I definitely think this kid will make the Chelsea team. He deserves to make the Chelsea team. And you know what? I want to see another young British midfielder in the squad. So you know what? All the power to him. I can't wait to see him. And you know, maybe he'll even give uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek a run for his money. I guess we'll find out though. Uh, Moving on, this is huge news for Chelsea. We all know about the Chelsea loan army. How big it is. You know, we have 40 players on loan this year. Like that's just crazy but anyways Chelsea have used the loan system for years for the development of players Um, and more importantly I feel like they use the loan system for a financial gain because they send all these players on loan they get appearances and then they get sold you know take a look at Nathan Ake Nathaniel Chalaba you know all those guys who go on loan and then gone anyways FIFA wants to put in a rule that limits teams to only sending eight players on loan 
That being said, this rule might not apply to youth players, and the average age of what they classify a youth is still being determined. So this is huge news for Chelsea because, you know, we have 40 people on loan and FIFA wants to bring it down to eight. So another question as I have is how will this affect the VTS loan system? You know, we send players on loan to VTS all the time. But if we only have a limit of eight players, are Chelsea going to be more careful with the people they send to VTS on loan? Are they going to save their loans for their higher rated players that want to go to like bigger leagues? So like Premier League loans, loans to La Liga, Liga, uh, things like that. If this rule were applied before the season, it really makes me wonder who would be on loan still and who would have just been sold, right? So, you know, like think of guys of like Baba Ruman, you know, just instead of just endlessly sending them on loan to Schalke, why don't you just sell them to Schalke, you know? So we'll see how that goes. I think it's definitely a huge piece of radical news. And if there's this change, it'll definitely rock the Chelsea loan system. So interesting times ahead for the lone army we'll see how it goes now it is also rumored that is Cesc Fabregas on the move we all know it's his last year of contract at the club and a free transfer might be on the cards for two Calcio A superstars and now those two teams are AC Milan and Inter Milan both Inter Milan teams I think uh We'll have to see, but he's still recovering from his injury, so he hasn't really had a chance under Sarri, um, but I really don't think at the moment that he's strong enough to bench Kovacic, so we'll see where that goes. And in an alternate reality, we have some new news. So it was said that Ethan Ampadu was rejected by England because he took few touches, and boy, doesn't that seem like a little bit of a mistake now, considering he's already playing for the Wales national team. He's one of Chelsea's brightest prospects. Um, it was also said that Empadu was also scouted by Sir Alex Ferguson when Man U played the Exeter under-13 team in a junior tournament. So you definitely know if Sir Alex Ferguson wants you, you sh- you're probably good. So that's why I'm really curious with why England didn't want him, you know, because he's just such a good player. But, you know, I think he's going to do good for Wales. He's going to definitely make a name for himself in the future. But probably one of the biggest mistakes that Chelsea have made in the last couple of years is it was officially confirmed that Kylian Mbappe did have a trial at Chelsea. Chelsea wanted him to play for an extra trial, and his parents basically said, you either sign my son now or we're going to walk. And basically Chelsea wanted him to come back because they liked him but they also noticed that he had a low defensive work rate at the time. So his mother basically said that, you know what, we're not coming back. And in five years that Chelsea would try and buy him for $50 million. And what I can say is his mother could not have been more right because, well, considering five years later in 2017, he was bought by Paris Saint-Germain for $166 million. What are the odds? So, I think at the moment, the real question is, is would he have fit in the Chelsea squad? Would he have made it? Or would have he just been more lone army fodder? We'll never know. But, you know, looking at our squad right now, I would easily slot him in at right wing. I would easily slot him in at striker. I would love to have him on our team. But the thing is, is so many bright prospects come to Chelsea and they just go nowhere. So it'd be really curious to know is would have Killian would Killian Mbappe have made it at Chelsea? 
you know, considering he's 19 and he's already won a FIFA World Cup, he's two-time League One champion, he's won a French Cup, a French League Cup, a French Super Cup, you know, I feel like this is a pretty big loss on our end, but we never would have known how he would have developed. Um, a couple podcasts ago, I also talked about Oscar coming back to Europe, and I just want to add on to this point as well. Um, Paulinho and Axel Witzel are proof that Chinese Super League players can come back to Europe and be top-level players again. And it has also been showed that Axel Witzel won Bundesliga Goal of the Month in his first month back in European football with an insane bicycle kick goal. So I'm telling you, Oscar can come back to Europe and Oscar can be good, but that's just a little side point I wanted to add there. But here's the big talking piece we have to talk about today. Um, Chelsea versus Cardiff. So just talking first on the pre-match conferences, um, Sarri has said that in his pre-game presser that the new captain of Chelsea will be named soon, but he wants to talk it over with his players first. And I think we all know at this point it's either going to be Azpilicueta or Eden Hazard. Both make strong cases. You know, Azpilicueta is a natural leader and he's already been standing captain for the almighty benched Gary Cahill. And then Eden Hazard has also proved himself well as a Belgian captain. And right now, Eden Hazard is definitely one of the hottest players in football right now. Like, the man's unstoppable. So, you know what? I think he deserves the captain's band just as much. Um, it was also said in the pregame press conferences that Warnock is pushing hard for Impadu to come to Cardiff. And, like, like I'm not kidding. Like, he's pushing hard. He has made it explicitly blunt that he wants him to come to Cardiff. He's not going to get game time at Chelsea. He's not going to play. Um, we all know that Warnock also failed to sign Tammy Abram. Um, but on the other hand, Sari also stated that Ampadu, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and Callum Hudson-Odoi are all going to get chances this season. And I think they're likely going to be leading players in the Europa, FA, and Carabao Cups. But on to the biggest piece of business we have to talk about is it's the actual game analysis. Um, so the first goal, I don't really know what happened to our defense. It just kind of fell apart. Um, but anyways, it led to a one nothing header um, from Bamba on Cardiff. Um, but you know what? I still had faith. Chelsea kind of, you know, everyone kind of needed to kick in the teeth every now and then to get you going. Um, and eventually all our short passing led to a nice bottom left shot from Eden Hazard and uh, that was assisted from Giroud and on the 2-1 goal it was another Giroud assist great short passing from Alonso and Giroud and once again Eden Hazard slots at home and I'm really glad that Giroud started this game because you can tell that the difference between Olivier Giroud and Alvaro Morata is that Olivier Giroud has confidence the man just leads confidence you know even when he hadn't scored in 900 minutes the man was still super confident and you know he eventually got his goal he scored for France and even though he didn't score versus Cardiff you know he did get the two assists I think he played a strong game and I'm really glad he started and I'm also really glad that my prediction was right because I also predicted that Giroud would start um anyways 3-1 um Willian was brought down in the box and once again you know unstoppable Eden Hazard had a nice uh, kick from the spot uh, I think he was definitely chosen to do this shot just to complete his hat trick or else I probably if Eden Hazard didn't have two goals at the time I definitely think they would have sent Jorginho to take the penalty kick but you know what I'm glad Eden Hazard got his uh, hat trick and then just to put icing on the cake um, there was a nice outside of the box Willian screamer off the bar from Marcos Alonso 
So overall, I was really impressed with the game. I was so glad the international break was done because I was really missing that Chelsea play. So at the moment, we're top of the league. We got the most passes in the league, you know, most goals in the league. Chelsea are playing really strong right now. You know, you look at the stats of the game. We had 76% possession. No more suffer ball. No more suffering without the ball. Chelsea are just hanging on to the ball. You know, we had 910 touches, 762 passes. Like, Chelsea are dominating possession. And you know what happens when you have possession? You win games. And that was the problem with Conte is we never had possession. So that's why we were losing games to teams like Bournemouth and Newcastle and drawing against West Ham. It's because we didn't have possession where it's the complete total opposite with Maurizio sorry we're dominating the ball we're on an attacking mindset and Chelsea are dominating the Premier League like they should so another little bit to add on to there is Kovacic was substituted in the 50th minute um, but as it's been stated by Sari in his post-game press conference that the injury was not too serious and he should be back in no time um, and you know what I don't think Kovacic's injury wasn't as bad as what uh, poor Bobby Firmino had to deal with when he got a finger in his eye that was a bad injury but anyways um in the post-game press conference um sorry said that he still wants to improve and he has definitely changed his mind on eden hazard where he said he could definitely be one of the best players in england and one of the best players in the world i definitely think that uh antonio rudiger's top three of lionel messi eden hazard and kellyanne mbappe is correct they are the three best players in the world now, I know that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo did score his first goal for Juventus, but, you know, it only took uh, 27 shots. So that's just a little side note on there. But, you know, look at Eden Hazard right now. The man is unstoppable. He's at eight goals, four assists since the start of the World Cup, and he's been involved in a goal in his last eight games, including five goals and two assists in the Prem. The man is unstoppable. So... Sorry has said that this match would have been difficult and that this would be a challenge and that's why Giroud deserved to start as he felt that Murata might be a better fit for Europa League. In my opinion, that's an insult. So, I don't know. I definitely thought that Giroud should have started, but I felt that Murata, or sorry, that Sorry was very blunt about Murata saying that he would be a better fit for Europa playing against... Um, PAOK from the Greek Super League. So, yeah, just gonna drop that there, let you know how you feel on that one. Um, as for the actual game, I feel like my uh, top three performers were Eden Hazard, um, Olivier Giroud, and Marco Solanzo. Um, it was a very solid overall game from Chelsea. I was very impressed with how they played, and I can't wait for more. Sorry, Bo, you know, I'm just dying to watch this football and you know, it's, it's exciting to be a Chelsea fan again, which is good. Um, overall, I think everything's going well. Um, so that wraps up today's podcast. So I hope you enjoyed. If you did listen to the end, thank you. Um, and have a good afternoon.